Welcome to Wealth Made Simple with Shaz, where you'll learn how to master your money through business, property, and tax-saving strategies. Your host has collectively helped his clients make tens of millions of pounds in additional profits through these strategic approaches to business. Introducing Shaz Nawaz, an award-winning chartered accountant, property tax expert, entrepreneur, and property investor. Let's start with liquidation entrepreneurs relief, which was it you, Robert, who mentioned that? Okay, so over to you, my friend. Do you want to share a scenario and then we'll try and answer that question, or I'll try and answer that question for you? Uh, if you're comfortable, if you're not, you don't no, have to. No. If we have, um, we currently have HMOs. You're on camera, that's going to be on YouTube, by the way, the whole world is going to oh, find okay. out if you're okay with it. Uh, yeah, if we, HMOs are becoming particularly problematic at the moment with uh, fuel bills going up and landlords having to pay the utilities. Yep. Uh, so we're considering offloading some of the HMOs we've got. So that's the situation that we're in at the moment. Okay. And you want to claim entrepreneur's relief on those HMOs? Can you do that? No. No, it's not a business because it's not set up as a business. No, well. no, no. It is a business, by the way. Right. Uh, which I'll cover. It's not, it's not, it's not trading. Oliver, you owe me fifty pounds, by the way. If anybody's phone goes off, it's, it's, if it's if it's a trading business, you can claim entrepreneurs' relief. If it's an investment, you can't, which I'm going to cover a bit later on for you. How many HMOs do you have in total? And you're looking to sell both? Well, we're considering it as well. Yeah. Okay. And are you doing service accommodation by any chance? No. Let's try and do do some numbers. How much did you buy the HMOs for? Brown figures will be fine. 100, or 200, and both of them about 200. Each? Yeah. So 200 grand. Is, is it okay for you, Kieran? So 200 grand times two gives us 400,000 pounds. And how much are they worth now? Probably double that. So 400 grand, yeah? Uh, each. So, and have you spent any money on improvements? Yeah, some. Roughly speaking? Let's call it 100 grand. Yeah, it's okay. So I'll put improvements, 100 grand, so that gives you 700 grand, minus your 400 grand, which is the initial price, purchase price, gives you 300,000 pounds. I'm gonna keep it really simple here. You get something called an annual, annual exemption for capital gains tax purposes. We're gonna ignore all that stuff to keep it really easy. So on 300,000 pounds, Robert, how much tax are you gonna pay? Little, and I'm gonna assume you're a high rate taxpayer, even if you're not, don't worry about it. Okay, so on 300 grand, of selling property, what rate of tax are you going to pay? You think, okay, does everybody agree with Robert or do you think it's a different percentage? Don thinks it's different. Don. Don says 28. Is it in a company? Company or your own name? Own name. So are you with Robert at 40% or are you with Don at 28%? This table here. Don't come on, Don. You're quiet. What's wrong with you? Sorry. Usually she can't stop talking. She talks more than I do. What the tax would be for if you're under a base name? Because if you've got it in your own name, you're paying more tax, but if you're in a company, you're paying more yeah. tax. Yeah. So this is these properties are in Peter's name. He's probably paying more tax, probably. Yeah. Probably, but I, I don't know the tax system, but I know for a fact that you probably pay more tax because I think under I don't know what it is, but from what I've learned, Section 24, when it came to effect, when you had your own limited company from 1993 to 2017, when Section 24 came to effect, all people's names in a company, I just haven't myself, 
you're paying more tax. That's right. When it was changed from 2017 onwards, you're paying less tax because of the uh, difference, because it had to be put into a company-based name from what I've yep, learned yep. and said once. You're right, but that's income tax and corporation tax. Here we're talking about capital gains tax. I'd probably say probably a bit more, maybe. Have you got a job? Where are you? Manchester-wise? No, no, in terms of numbers, is it 40%? I'd probably say about... 45 maybe? 45% over here. Uh, Mark, wasn't it? Mark? Well, I was going to say, it's just capital gains tax. So it is. 20%. So Mark, so, so Mark says 20%. 28%. 28. Sorry, 20, forgive me. 28? Yeah. Robert says 40. Dawn says 28. Was it Michael, wasn't it? No, Adam. Forgive me, Adam. Adam says 45%. So where's this, this table? 28. 28. Are you all agreed, Darren? No idea. No idea. <laughs> Are you all agreed with Rob, Mark? 28. 28, Oliver? 28. 28. Oh, are you all with Dawn? So he wants to make it even more complicated for you, Robert, okay? <laughs> the good news I have for you, Robert, is you're not paying 40%, you're paying 28%. So we've just saved you 12%, okay? So we're going to charge, how much are we going to charge Robert, by the way, for that advice? <laughs> we're speaking, you're giving him a saving. Six. Five hundred quid? Six percent. Six percent. So you keep half, we keep half, all of us. Yeah, yep. So twenty-eight percent of three hundred grand is what? Let's just call it seventy-five grand or whatever. It's not that. It's a bit higher, but okay. So now let's see if we, if we can get you to pay less tax. What does any does anybody have any ideas of what Robert could do to possibly pay less tax? Don't. So if you sell one one year, you sell one year, one the year after, you're going to you're going to get a small saving, a small saving because you're going to use your annual exemption. I put AE for capital gains tax purposes, yeah. So it'd be a small saving for our purposes to keep the numbers easy. You're going to save thirteen thousand times twenty eight percent. Okay, so it's a small figure. Let's just call it three grand. It ain't three grand, but just keep it really simple. Remember, this is the first one I'm doing in three years of mine. Mine's not working that quickly. Back to you, Don. If it's in him and his wife's name, they're both. Okay, so if it's in you and your wife's name, you. Okay, we're going to times it by two, makes it six grand. Does anybody else have their hand up for any other ideas? Anel, any ideas? I was just going to say, I don't know if I zoned out when we discussed it, but um, obviously, all the, you touched on it, all the improvements um, that were made, you can deduct that before you pay the days. Okay. Dana, well, then Dawn, and then we're going to get to the answer. Convert that into a savings, he can claim up to 40% in capital allowances. Okay, you're heading in the right direction, but you're not there yet. Dawn, and then Darren, and then we'll get to the answer. If, if you lived in the property, which actually happens, mm. then you can claim relief. You can? Have you lived in, in, in either property? Um, no, says Pete. Not full time, no. No. Okay, Darren? Is there any benefit of the properties being owned by two people and the capital gains tax being divided by two and then there being less of a percentage, or not? No. Okay. It, because we just assumed the higher rate tax base. So this is, this is what you can do, Peter, is if you turn both of those units into service accommodation, run them for two years, okay, two years, and then claim entrepreneur's relief, and then only pay 10% tax. To keep the numbers really easy, over here, the taxes, we said 75 grand, which isn't 75 grand, it's a bit higher than 75 grand. I think it's 81,000, but leave it at 75. If you pay 10% tax, you're paying 30 grand 
versus 75 grand, so you got a huge saving there. Okay, uh, an entrepreneur's relief is where you've got a lifetime limit of a million pounds, you pay 10% tax on the sale of your business, so I'll, I'll turn both units into, into SA, run it for two years, because you have to run it for two years to qualify for entrepreneur's relief, and then you and your life partner, if you have one, I'd say try and sell both units at the same time, so you've sold the entire business, because you, you have to sell the entire business or a significant part of it. And if you sell them separately, it's not gonna be enough. So sell both units to one particular operator and you pay 10% tax, and that's gonna be the lowest rate you can pay. Just How does that sound? Just repeat what entrepreneur's relief So entrepreneur's relief is where you sell a business or you cease trading or you sell a significant part of your business uh, and the significant part is hard to quantify or qualify unless you have a business where you can break it up into two. So let's say for example you have a shop and you also have an online business. If you sold the online business that would, that would be okay. Uh, or if you sell, sell the shop, it would be okay because it's two separate businesses. But, but if, you, if you sell part of your shop, you can't claim entrepreneur's relief. Uh, so sell or cease trading or sell a significant part which you can break up. Uh, you have to uh, own the, uh, the business or the shares for two years or longer. Uh, and lifetime limit is a million pounds. So in this case here, I'll come to you in a second. If, if, if this case here, if Peter uh, makes 300,000 pounds, he's got 700,000 pounds remaining for the entirety of his life, okay? And we'll come to you in a second. We'll go over there, then to Peter and, sorry, Robert, oh, why do you want to keep calling me Peter? Robert, and then over there. People call me Shaz, Naz, Maz, Kaz, all sorts, so don't mind Robert. Over to you, sir. With our property, uh, my brother and I own the, the property, the land, yep. uh, privately. And we rent for the years it's been rented to family facilities as a company. So do you charge rent? Yes. Okay. So we yeah, so in the, if we sell the land, can we can we uh, make sure on the most amount of that? No. However, for future purposes, if you own a property and your business uses the property and you don't charge rent. If you sell that business with the property or with, or, or with the land or, or, or property or, or without it within two years, so to the same buyer or to somebody else within two years, then you can claim entrepreneurship relief on that part. But if you rent it out to your own business or somebody else, then you move from trading to investment and investment uh, businesses can't claim entrepreneurship relief. So, on, so unfortunately, you, you can't claim ER, but there might be other things you can do, which we can talk what about. about we'll come to you in a second, Mark. What about if you were to, were to sell the, the land and the business to a company, we get a tax relief, and then, and then they sell, they may, they may sell the land. We're going to do this for you as well, how's that? Because they, they, then, then they, would, they wouldn't have any capital gains tax to pay. They would, they would say, yeah. We'll do a calculation at some point this morning, okay, or early afternoon. Mark. Okay, I have a personal situation as well, which I would be happy to share. I'm a GP. I own my own practice in partnership with my partners. Okay. Um, and my partners are going to Australia because they can go to Australia work half the time for double the money. 
Yep. Leaving just me behind. If I close the practice, yep. um, uh, and therefore I'm getting rid of a significant part of my business. All, but you, all of it, isn't it? All of it, yeah. Now, if I sold the, the, the property and the building, um, I have been getting a notional rent from the NHS for us to operate as an NHS uh, practice for years. Um, would I be entitled to entrepreneur's relief on that sale? So who owns the premises? Well, we do, but, yep. mortgage, but the bank does, really. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know exactly how the NHS works in this particular uh, scenario. So why are they paying you rent? To sort of because we're independent contractors to the NHS to provide NHS services from our premises. So are they paying you a fee or are they actually paying you rent? They call it notional rent. Okay, so you want to find out if it's called notional rent, is it a fee for you to trade or is it actually rent linked? It's, it's, it's a rent for the property to be used as an NHS practice. Yeah, that's not going to work then. It's not going to work. Because so therefore it would be capital gains tax. It would be capital gains tax, yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. Anybody else on that? Back to Robert. If uh, it's, these HMOs are converted to SA, uh, do you have to show trading accounts for the two years that you say they're SA? Yes. So even if you put them on sort of booking.com, and you don't get any takers for SA, the fact that you put them on booking.com doesn't count. You have to actually show trade. Now we're going down a very di right. different path. And Oliver, my friend, Sorry. we have a question here for you from Robert, I'll answer it, yeah. AKA Peter, uh, who says, if he turns his units into service accommodation, yes. and doesn't get any customers, is is it still an SA business? And the reason why I ask you is because on Monday night I covered this and I was, you were taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> if it's not had, I, I can't see how you wouldn't have customers in the current market, but... Uh, Let's say he hasn't. Okay, I, I'd say it's not a business because it's not traded, so that's my answer. Okay, let's say, uh, and then we'll come to you in a second. Let's say uh, Robert has had five customers in the last two years. It would start to look divisive to me. It would look like a duck thing, wouldn't it? You know, like you had a personal family holiday let and you'd a few times chucked it out. So to me, it walks like a duck. Yeah, that's not a business. We don't like Oliver Robert. We don't like him. He was there as well. Oh, forgive me. Yeah. You were nice and quiet and polite, but this guy just talks too much, doesn't he? If I get it wrong, I want to show him. Yeah. I was just going to say, like, if it's been genuinely able to be let, then yeah, it's fine. So someone could have booked it, but they just didn't. So. Okay, we have Dawn. Business. So I can't remember the exact numbers. It has to be available, yeah. and you have to prove it's available yeah. to let for yeah. so many weeks of the year. I can't remember the numbers. Okay. But it has to also be actually let. And I think it's for 210. We're going to come on to that. I'll come on to that. So there's an important point that Dawn's made here without making it, if that makes sense. And that, uh, now I'll tell you why, because Dawn, Dawn has picked up on the fact that she's, and this is a point I made on Monday night as well. Dawn's picked up the fact that somewhere in her mind, there are some rules that trigger, okay, whether you qualify for this or not. And that's the whole point of education and tax. You can never remember everything, neither can I, by the way. But when somebody gives me a scenario, I think, I'm sure there's something somewhere which applies here, 
And that's the important thing about tax, by the way. And so, so don't worry about making loads of notes here, by the way. Don't worry about taking a photo of every slide. I know some of you will do, but no, no matter what I say. But, but if you can just put it all in your head, and whenever somebody mentions SDLT, Entrepreneurs Relief, Capital Gains Tax, anything else we covered today, somewhere in the back of your head, at some point you'll trigger, there's something there. And then th th that should be enough for you to go and ask a tax advisor or go online to start researching it and finding out. So, that, so don't mix in any important point. So our friend over here, and I've forgotten your name. Sorry? Helen. Helen says, okay, you can do because you made it available. Dawn says, no, there's some rules. You were oh, there, Pete. I just remembered them. <laughs> yes, sorry, I've just, it's just come to me. It's, there's a You've missed a moment, now. Oliver. It's too late now. You missed the whole. It's over to Pete now. Yes. Pete. Oh, I've got on test. What? <laughs> I was busy writing when I was available, available so many days. Yeah. So many days, do you remember? Yeah, it was available for. Uh, two days. Two days. Was it 150? Okay, so we'll, we'll cover that bit, but I shared two different scenarios, if you recall. So, so the first one is if you run service accommodation, Robert and you go down the furnished holiday let route, okay? Those are the rules that Pete is talking about with the assistance of Oliver and Dawn, which is a property has to be available for letting for 210 days. That means you, you make it available as in market for commercial letting. So like Oliver said, family and friends discounted doesn't count. Commercial let available. It has to be actually let out for 105 days, so that, that's rule number two. And the third rule is, if it's let out for more than 155 days, okay, to any one person, or let out for more than 31 days, for more than 31 days, to any one person, and those 31 days accumulated add up to 155 days or more, then you don't qualify for service accommodation. So let me give you an example. Robert rents out his, this property for 32 days to five different people in five different months, of course. Okay, and that adds up to, so that, that breaches the more than 31 days, because it's 32 days. He's done it five times. That goes over 155 days. He does not qualify for, for furnished holiday lets. Okay, so one, 210, 105, 155. The good thing is this, by the way, and we're not gonna cover this too deeply, is if Robert has two or more sub, uh, furnished holiday lets, he can use something called averaging and something called the period of grace. Don't need to worry about it for, for, for today. And average out, so if one property doesn't meet the 105 day test, so he's, he's rented it out for 85 days. The other property is 195 days. He can add both of those together and as long as both average out to 105, he'll be okay. Again, you don't need to worry about this for today. Yes, sir? Is the 210 days, is that per year or is that so, a two-year period? So that's per calendar year. However, for the first year that you start, it's, it's from the day you start your business. Second year onwards, it's, it's every single tax year, 6th of April to the fifth, following 5th of April. And the year that you cease trading, is the last 365 days. So for the first and last, it's the it is different. Any, all the years in between is this, the start of the tax year, the end of the tax year. Okay. If he would um, 
transfer the property to uh, companies now? Would that would save you? No. Would have to pay 20%? No, unfortunately not, no. So, sorry? It has to be service accommodation. So that's your first option, Robert. Your second option is you move it to service accommodation or service departments, but you make it like a bed and breakfast. In which case, these rules don't apply. So you're running a bed and breakfast business for two years, and after two years, you then sell it on to somebody else as service departments, bed and breakfast, hotel, call it what you like. What that means in, in, in a nutshell, Robert, is you have to offer more services than just renting a room per night, and then you'll be, you'll be okay. Would um, bed and breakfast be uh, sort of a fruit bowl and some croissant and yogurt in the fridge, or is it <laughs> just... I would, to be on the safe side, side Oliver, try and include as much as I can in there and not just a fruit bowl and some... Well, you know what I mean, like the continental breakfast that's provided within the apartment, kind of. Because that's breakfast, isn't it? <laughs> I'd go a bit further. Right, okay. I'd go a bit further, because I think that alone isn't going to be enough. Right, okay. Yeah? Cooking solidifies it, does it? Cooking, yeah, that's right. Thank you. Yeah, and I'm trying to offer other services that maybe hotels do, which aren't that onerous. Okay. Um, you know, station collection, that kind of thing. You got it, you got it, yeah, that kind of stuff. And that will get you to, to where you need to be, Robert. You okay with that? Thanks for listening to Wealth Made Simple. You can follow and contact Shaz on the Facebook pages Entrust Property Tax and The Profits Wizard. You can also find Shaz on LinkedIn, YouTube and Instagram. Alternatively, email him at shaz at aa-accountants.co.uk. Build your wealth by mastering money.